good evening, everyone. Welcome again to episode three for Sister Christian Podcast. I'm Christina Renee, your host. And uh, yeah, I am uh, glad to be here tonight. It's been a long flipping week, a good week, some challenges in there. Of course, it's kind of normal, right? That's life. And I had a birthday this week, very very big birthday this week and I really um this was the first year I think I really wanted um to honestly I I, for the last few months I knew this birthday was coming and um I was not looking forward to it um because so much of my life is is turned upside down and or it's it's like sideways kind of it's taken a lot of twists and turns and I am not at all where I want to be yet and yes, I'm grateful for so many things. Um, and you know, you feel guilty because you're bummed about certain things, you have regrets about certain things. So then you feel guilty because you should feel grateful and you want to be grateful. And I am grateful for, you know, some of the stuff too, but um, you know, just a lot, I faced a lot. It all came to a head this week. Um, really, really tough time on uh, Wednesday was the birthday. Today's Friday, happy Friday. And, uh, you know, that's going to be our topic tonight, um, kind of depression, how we, um, this, I will add this into our series of anxiety, fear and depression and winning over it because, um, you know, this is real life. We, we deal with stuff um, every single day. Some days are easier than others. And the older we get, the more it builds up, right? I mean, there's... When you're young, you are, um, your baggage of life experiences are um, smaller, lighter, not as many, hopefully. I mean, there's, you know, I've met a lot of people in my life and they've had very tough upbringings and at a very young age, probably have a lot of heavy heavy bags, you know? Um, And they can, when you have a lot of hard times in your life, one thing after another, after another, and you have a lot of defeat, a lot of failure, um, a lot of sadness and trauma and heartbreak. When you have those things kind of pile up um, one after another over your lifetime, you it's hard to have hope, and you can't. Um, it you get on um, like the hamster wheel we talked we mentioned the other night. It's a hamster wheel for that as well because you it's a cycle of everything bad always happens to me. I'm just my luck. Of course, of course it's bad. Of course it's bad, right? You get this sarcastic, I don't know, do you have these conversations out loud with yourself where, you know, you get pulled over by a policeman? Of course, this never has happened to me. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) well, yeah. So anyway, moving on, but you get pulled over and you're like, I mean, there's other people zipping by you, right? You just passed a guy that was a total dick and you, he flips you off and he's a jerk and he's zipping in and out. And then the cop pulls you over, you know, down the road and, you know, you're only going seven miles over the speed limit and you're driving fine, but you just, you know, the cop pulls you over and you're like, you know, of course, of course it's me. Of course it's me. Just my luck today. He pulls me over. You know, it's, it's that kind of, and then you say those things over to, I just heard another person say this, you know, um, Like if it's going to, you know, whether it's the flu or COVID, no matter what it is, if it's out there, I'm going to get it, you know, and it's like, 
oh my gosh, I, I just wanted to stop. I mean, I actually heard this yesterday. I think it was yesterday. I don't think it was today. Um, the days kind of blend in sometimes when I'm talking to patients. But I, when this, when this woman said this, I just wanted to say, no, no, no. And I, actually I did say, I said, no, you know, you can't, we, you know, but you're here, you're fine. You stayed healthy this whole year and you didn't get it and you didn't get the flu and you, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, it was kind of like, um, when, but when things happen bad over and over again throughout your life, you tend, um, well, I don't know about you, but I, I tend. And I think I, I know enough people and have met enough people, met hundreds of people in my lifetime to where um, the, that's where the bitterness comes in, right? And the sadness, it's, it's more than just, um, you know, a bummer. You know, it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's more than dropping an egg on the floor, right? It's, it's like, um, everything's bad. You know, there's your whole outlook on life becomes bad. And that's when, you know, um, and I'm not saying, okay, that's when people take, they want to up their, their depression meds and their anxiety meds. And they, and, and they start to focus more on the bad because so much bad is happening. Right. So then you kind of focus on the bad and then more bad happens. And it's kind of in a vicious cycle to where it's really hard to break out. And, um, you know, like I, I mentioned this before, some of the different things that have happened in my life. I, um, I was married for 15 years to a very abusive man. He was um, more verbally and controlling abusive, more emotional, really just very manipulative and controlling um, gaslighting, um, mean rejection, um, cold, um, harsh to the kids, harsh to me. Um, and just, just a very abusive, you know, um, fam. It was very cold at home. Um, and, um, you know, it, once we finally got out of that, you know, it, I mean, even in, during that time, I mean, it was, it was hard. Right. But I, um, and then there was this mental torment that goes on, you know, this day in and day out. And I mean, two in two years into the marriage, I had already had a two-year-old son, and um, and you know, I was trying to make everything work, and I was still new new at being a wife, and and then I find out I have cancer, lymphoma. I'm fighting lymphoma, and I end up like, holy crap, right? This is this is really huge, and they get me in the hospital as soon as they find it right away. I had this grape grapefruit-sized tumor that was breaking through my chest, and. Um, I mean, it was super aggressive. They had to admit me right away. It was taking over my, um, you know, it was pushing past my heart and it was crazy. I mean, nobody in my family had ever had this happen, you know, really like, you know, I was 27 years old and um, it was crazy. So then, I mean, going through that was just like, and, and I had to do it kind of on my own. I mean, my husband didn't love me. He was very, um, he at first he was okay you know like he he went we went to my parents and we all like prayed together but he doesn't pray over me or he didn't he was you know he was kind of he's quiet he's quiet they prayed over me and um anyway so we kind of went through this whole thing and then he started getting angry at me even when I was in the hospital that first week because they had to do a bunch of tests on me and and he's basically telling me not to buck up and not feel sorry for myself and he said, well, how do you think I feel? How do you think this is this is hurting me more than it's hurting, you know, all this kind of stuff and just angry with me. And and so then there was so there was the piled on abuse to dealing with that. And 
and I was trying to like never talk about it to anybody and and he just I mean he he thought I end up losing my hair he wouldn't come with me I, start, I remember the day I was started losing all my hair and I was so afraid and and he was super cold to me he wouldn't look at me wouldn't talk to me and I said will you please I was crying I was so scared I was so scared and I remember going to I knew I had to go get a hat or something I didn't have I had nothing, you know, I was going to be bald in a minute and I had tons of hair. I had huge hair. I mean, more than I have now, I don't have as much, nearly as much as I used to. And, um, and I was going to lose it all. I was in the process of losing it all. And I just, um, I was so afraid. And I remember he, um, he wouldn't, I said, please, can you come with me? And I was afraid to even ask, right? I was, cause I didn't want to focus on me, but I was really, really afraid. And, um, and I remember him just sitting on the couch and he would not, um, he wouldn't look up at me and he just said no. So I just quietly took my stuff and I went to, I remember, I think it was Dayton's or Mervyn's or something like that. I mean, they don't even have those stores anymore. But it was, I went to the store and I was like looking for hats. I And I, I felt so timid. Like I still, it was like looking back on it, I remember just, I don't know how to do this, right? It was all by myself and I I didn't know what to do. And, um, and I just remember that the fear was so immense, you know, it was so like, and there was no getting off the train, right? There was, this was like one of those bad, you know, fair rides that you are never going to get off. I mean, you don't have a choice. You have to ride it. You have to ride it to the end and it's going to be long and it's going to make you sick. And I remember going into, and I was trying on the hats and I remember I would put a hat on and look in the mirror and I was trying not to cry because I knew my hair already started to it was like dead looking like there was no life in it and um and I remember I took off the hat, one of the hats and all of a sudden you know all this all this chunks of hair would come out with the hat and I was so freaked out I'm like oh my god I hope no one can see you know and I was and I was crying in the store and I don't even I, honestly I it was it was a horrible experience. I think I just bought the second hat I found because I was like, I'm not going to look at all these hats and have this hat. You know, I couldn't do it. It was just too much for me. And um, and so I bought the only that was the only time I went hat shopping. I you know I bought the one hat I got and that was it. And um, and I remember just that whole process was just so hard. And um, and he was so cold to me and he would he was angry at me most of the time. I took myself to the treatments. I went to six months of of chemotherapy, you know, I'd sit for every week for an hour, you know, five hours um, with this wonderful nurse who would hook me up all over and this red Kool-Aid stuff would go in me and then I'd be, you know, I'd go home, take care of my two-year-old and I'd be quiet. I wouldn't tell anybody about it because I just wasn't allowed to. I wasn't allowed to talk about it because it focused too much on me and he didn't want me to focus on me. He didn't want to talk about it at all. And so, and I remember one time, um, it was right before New Year's when I lost all my hair and I, we were in the process of getting me, um, the church that I belonged to bought me a wig because I had such huge hair. And so they bought me this, this wig was like $300 and all the church, I think the church choir all pitched in and it was just really, really cool, but it hadn't arrived yet. And so I had lost all my hair and I had to sing on stage. I was a singer um, on stage and, and I remember, um, going and um, having to sing with my hat that I had bought because I was bald by that time and um, and I remember uh, but actually oh I'm sorry before that be it, that was I had to sing on stage and um, and I remember I um, this was a Sunday morning at worship service so I, I'm up on stage with my hat I was so afraid I was just like so um, even though I know people loved me it was so like you 
the nakedness you feel is just so overwhelming. I mean, even just I, be, being bald all of a sudden and, and I, I can't describe it. it was so frightening and you feel so vulnerable, like, like they can see every single flaw, like all of a sudden, like you can see right through you. And I, it was just so hard and I felt so ugly and so unlovable. So it was horrible. And I remember one of my friends at the church um, came up to me. So just said in, in front of my husband, in front of me, just said, you are so beautiful and just hugged me. She said, even without hair, you're beautiful. And she goes, you have a perfect head for it. You know, it's just, she was just so sweet and kind. And, you know, and other people compliment me and whatever. And, but I knew I was, I just kept my cool because I didn't want to, I knew it was like, I trusted what my husband was saying. And then he, he was so, um, he was always so angry with me. And I was so afraid of what he was going to say when we got home because everybody was talking to me about it, you know, and, um, and he said, you know, those people just lie to you, right? They're not going to tell you the truth. They're not going to tell you what you really look like. And I remember just from that moment on. So then, and I remember having to go out for New Year's with my beautiful new dress that I had bought. I think whatever I, oh no, it was a gift. That's right. Cause we had no money. And so a friend of mine bought me this beautiful dress and we were going to go out with other friends. They were taking us out for New Year's and I had lost all my hair that week and I hadn't had my wig yet. And, um, and so we had to go out and it was, it was so, 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 so hard. It was just, um, I, I can't even describe. So that's just one instance, right? That's just one set of circumstances um, that occurs in our life where it, it was a, you know, I'm giving you a kind of a play by play. Um, and that was in, um, oh gosh, I was 27 years old. I'm not going to tell you how old I am yet, <laughs> but it was a long time ago. And, um, and then later on, I ended up having breast cancer and I couldn't talk to it about, talk to anybody about it at that time. We couldn't pray to our friends. He didn't want me to, I was still married at the time. I did end up leaving him. That was 2009 was the breast cancer. And I did end up leaving him, um, 2010. Um, you know, life would just, it was time, you know, God had arranged. That's a whole nother story. That was a miraculous deliverance and how, um, God arranged for me to be able to leave with my sons. Um, but at any rate, um, so it was a very, you know, when you start the point being that when you start to have all these trials and traumas and different things that affect you, um, negative, that they, they kind of chip away at you, right. Or they take big chunks out of you and they, they smack you down. That's why, you know, all those sayings, you know, you get smacked down and you get back up again. Um, you know, it's not how many times you get hit. It's how many times you get, you know, get back up. Well, that is true. But I, I can tell you, like, even on a, a boxer in a fight, they can, you know, get, you know, beat down multiple times and get back up. But each time it gets a little bit tougher to get back up, you know, it gets a little bit tougher to get back up and you can still get back up. Um, but it you need longer times of rest in between to kind of make it through. Right. And sometimes we just don't get that. Sometimes we in reality, life is is it can be tough it can be it can be amazing and it can be super super i want to swear but i will offend some people that are dear to me so i will not <laughs> but it it is it is flipping hard to 
to want to go on sometimes. And I've never been a person to really, I don't think I ever would have pulled a trigger on myself to, to, to end it all because I've, I've always had, um, a spirit of faith in me to where I always knew that God had more for me. And even though I couldn't understand and everything hurt so much, um, I, I still remember when, and, and I remember back in, um, when my son, four years after we left, my, my, when my, when my son was 18, my oldest, it was four years after I left. Um, and my oldest son ended up, um, while he was staying with my ex-husband, um, one night he ended up, um, killing him. And so it was a year and a half later, he was convicted, um, of that crime. Um, yeah, and that was, talk about, you know, any mom who has a, has a child in prison can understand, um, what I'm saying to some degree. Um, I mean, I, I can't even, all those emotions in that time was far over and above anything you can think of, you know, and just like of a, a, a parent, I have friends where, who have lost their child, um, you know, suddenly at 18. Um, that stuff is, you know, I have a couple of friends that in different families that have wear that and I still go, I, I don't get it. I don't understand. There's no rhyme or reason for it. Why? Why? Um, why do good things happen? Or why do bad things happen to such beautiful people? And why does it seem like the, the bad win, right? Why does it seem like the bad is winning sometimes? Um, and I, I, I went, when I went through that whole time, I, I, it, you know, it's an out-of-body experience at times, right? But I remember a time I was laying and I was so, so many, for, you know, for the good first four to five years, I was very, I would wake up all the time in the middle of the night, just, is my baby okay in prison? And um, I, it was heart-wrenching. And then I know there are, I've, I've had, um, you know, people tell me off about certain things and, um, and I, you know, you are all entitled to your opinion, but I will say this, nobody knows except me what my sons and I experienced. And I have a younger son who has, he has grown to be such a beautiful man and he has talked about um, sharing his side. I don't know if he ever will, um, but I think he may. He's become an incredible man. And um, anyway, um, this is becoming longer, a longer topic than I wanted to. I, what I wanted to share is, is this is all part of anxiety, fear, and depression. And um, I may get another guest on here that will talk about this with me, um, who, who knows about it technically. She's um, um, a psychology major and, and she was going to become, um, she ended up getting, I think she ended up getting married. So she didn't, didn't um, go into practice as a, um, I can't remember why she didn't go to practice, but she's in, she's a brilliant woman and she's gone through a lot of stuff herself. And we, we have good conversations about these, um, these issues that we face and, you know, and how people, you know, we, I'm not the same woman I was, you know, clearly 10 years ago when I left my ex-husband 
And um, every single year, life gets because of the things that happen in life. We we rebound and we um, we navigate through and we uh, make decisions out of experience, you know, out of either out of emotions or um, you know, just different things. And um, so we we grow um, and how we grow and whether we grow in a positive form or in a negative form, um, that's up to us, really. And I will say this, and I, I mentioned this the other night, that I, we don't know what we don't know until we find out that we don't know it. And then we know, right? Because it's like, and I believe, and what I mean by that is that we live out of the revelation that we have of everything. Um, and at the core is that we live out of the re- revelation of how much God loves us unconditionally and that he chose us and that he created us for purpose and we are his created humans and he loves us. We are his sons and daughters. He wants relationship with us and he He knows everything about us and he still wants relationship with us and he wants to bless us like crazy. And if we, how much we believe that, how much we know of that is how we live in life. If you only believe a tiny, tiny speck that you are loved, you are going to live out of that awfulness. <laughs> you're going to live out of the fact that really you're unlovable. And, and how does that person live, right? I mean, you can kind of picture it in your mind. Maybe it's how you live, you know? Do you treat yourself like crap? Do you have self-hatred talk all day long? Are you depressed because you don't think that you can do anything with your life and that nobody loves you and you don't have any good friends and, and the person you're with treats you like crap? And or, or do you really believe, do you think that you're a failure and you really don't deserve anything good? That's, that's that side of believing that you're no good, that, that you're not lovable, that you, that's the revelation of, of the amount of love that you believe. Um, that's what you're living out of. But if you believe hugely um, in a wide expanse of um, that you are super loved, that, that, um, that yes, you make mistakes, but you can rebound from them and you're growing from them. And it's not a failure. It's, a, it's an opportunity for growth. And, and God loves you. He's changing you. And, and good things are coming to those who believe, right? It's all of that. Now, granted, life is not going to be, even even in that revelation of living, um, when you believe that you are loved and that that it you won't you won't spend your time with toxic people because it's not it doesn't even occur to you. You have no desire to be there. You want to be with life-giving people and and life-giving resources. You want to be with um, you know pursuit of giving to others. You want to hurt, help the hurting. You want to your focuses are so different, and that's where we want to be. That's where we want to be. And I believe that if we can focus, this is my main point, and we'll talk more about this, but as you face so many things, and, and you can ask yourself, what are, where am I in this spectrum? Am I, do I believe that I'm loved or do I believe um, that I'm not loved? I mean, how, what are the, um, how do I live my life? Where, where are my goals and dreams? Am I de- more depressed de- throughout the day? Am I more angry throughout the day? Or am I joyful? Am I grateful? Am I, you know, where am I in all of this? Am I satisfied with this? Do I care? I mean, if you don't care, you, you, you know, it is what it is and you just don't care. And that's fine. I mean, that's your life. But I, I will tell you this, that other people are depending on you to, I mean, you, 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 you are missing out. 
even even not even to say that you know people are depending on you with that put that part aside um maybe you don't think anybody is depending on you and that nobody really does care about you well i'll tell you this um once you start if you start with baby steps of like how you can bless someone i guarantee you it's going to start changing how you feel um in fact i would challenge anyone to and everyone who hears this to start especially if you've been down really down over this last year it's been tough for all of us okay in different ways shapes and forms um whether you've lost a, a job whether you've lost a spouse whether you've lost you know um purpose whether you've lost money whether you've lost a business um i mean i i, I so many things right um start with baby steps you know you're not going to turn the titanic around in a day so you know it took you some time to get to where you are give yourself a break um take one thing see this is the thing you can't just eliminate something without replacing it with something you're, you'll just have a vacuum it's going to get sucked right back to where it was the way it was before so you have to replace so like you can't just get rid of bad thoughts you have to replace them with good thoughts right so you need to um what you can do a suggestion would be is that every single day take $1 and hide it somewhere and i actually heard this in a book and i i apologize i i don't remember which book i read this it was i want to say it was like one of those th- not thinking grow rich but it was one of those books right um where these successful men joyful men you know this is where they started and if you give yourself an opportunity to not let one day go by without blessing someone somehow some way whether you give them um shoot them a text with a um an encouraging word of someone that you know really needs it whether you um leave a dollar like or leave 10 bucks maybe 10 bucks um to somebody like the other night i will say that i mean i love i love blessing um financially i love blessing the bussers at a restaurant and um i i'm telling you it's so 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 much fun because they don't expect it and a lot of times they're not getting tipped out right by their by their coworkers and now more than ever it's just super fun of course this waitress is going to get tipped and of course we we tip them right but then to like slide money to the bussers i mean the other night i had a I, the woman was in tears i just it's so much fun and it fills me up i can go the i mean one little act can make me feel amazing just because and that's where the bible verse says it's more blessed to give than it is to receive now i honestly i i don't know why god made it that way he just did and uh, something else i'll end with this um thought because you know i heard a speaker i believe her it was Joyce Meyer years ago that um you know you take care of someone else's needs and god will take care of yours and you know i i have seen the benefits of that at different times of my life right now it's a tough time for me but i i know because i've seen the character of god and i also know that it ain't over yet you know it's not over till the fat lady sings it's not um we're we're still here we're still we still have purpose we still have um there's a reason that we're here and even this week being that it was a big it was a tough week for me um it was hard for me to see a sunny day because of where i'm at in life and seeing another birthday go by it's hard to hope again for this year it's hard to keep pursuing the dream like cuz the voices back here are like 
You've been believing all this time and nothing. Why, why even bother? Why bother? Why bother starting something new? Why bother trying to um, do a podcast? Why bother trying to encourage anybody? No one cares. You know, it's just all those things, right? And one day at a time, folks. One day at a time. Um, I will read this verse. I love, uh, for those of you who are, this was a tough year. And for anybody who's lost anything or who has had things stolen from them or taken away, this word is for you. This is out of scripture. It's Zechariah 9 and verse 12. Return to the stronghold, Jesus, of security and prosperity, you prisoners of hope. Even today do I declare that I, God, will restore double your former prosperity to you. So if you've lost anything, this was the scripture I prayed about what to say tonight. I just was, it's been a hard day and a hard week. And I, you know, I was just asking God if he wanted to say anything special. And this was the verse that came out to me. You can take it or leave it. <laughs> if you don't want it, that's fine. But I'll read it one more time. Return to the stronghold of security and hope and prosperity. You prisoners of hope, even today do I declare that I will restore double your former prosperity to you. Well, guys, thanks for joining us. And I pray, pray, pray God's blessing and his mercy and his favor and that you would know that your life matters. 